Hi, this is Jen Schwartz. Welcome to Think Fit, Be Fit, Effective Thinking for Potent Exercise. Welcome to Lab of You on Think Fit, Be Fit. This is the second episode, and I have two things that I wanted to bring forth. One is the importance and the vision of this show and how I want to help people and help them realize that their body is super strong and that they can, that you, the listener, can understand the importance of movement practice, exercise, and how you can have huge long-term dividends and benefits from implementing the right exercise. Uh, The other um, is going to be a brief introduction into the different types of exercise and how you can be more specific about planning and looking at your week in like a periodic way. So this is going to be especially helpful if you have a little bit of anxiety around which exercise to do and when and if it's helpful and um, that you have choices to make and that you could get overwhelmed by those choices or you can be on the opposite end of that spectrum and have very little choice and just don't know what to do because you only have one or two options uh, based on your time, your budget, the equipment that's available, your location, that there's just not much for you to do. Either way, those two people have the same question, which is, Which exercise is beneficial and when should I do it? Um, So that is the second part of this episode. The first part is, you know, I want to draw you in to build a community. I truly believe that I can affect over a million people in my career and help them to find their strongest self and their strongest body and be confident in that body through exercise and thinking about exercise in a scientific way. So there's two things that you should understand about me before uh, we engage on this adventure and this journey together. One is that I believe that stimulating the mind and the body are the most important things we can do for ourselves. I also believe that when our minds are allowed to think outside of predetermined constraints, that our possibilities are endless. So the first one really has to do with um, making choices for yourself and believing in your body and believing in the things that it can do. And the second one has to do with thinking outside of what society tells you a beautiful woman or a sexy man looks like, what society tells you about um, how you're supposed to feel and how you're supposed to feel about your body. When we, our minds can expand with knowledge about anatomy and physiology, we can break out of those constraints. 
And that's what I'm, I believe that I can provide through this podcast. So if there are uh, topics and questions, uh, I'm going to put a number that you can text to sign up for my newsletter and how you can reach me on Messenger and reach the podcast on Messenger so that you can engage and tell me what your problems are when it comes to choosing exercise and figuring out what's best for you. This is important because people are missing out on living a better life because they don't understand the body awareness and how important body awareness is and that uh, if you're having that issue, so are other people. So bring forward your ideas and your questions. I want to teach you how to listen to your body, take feedback from your body, and learn from those things. Exercise should be a practice of uh, embracing the process and embracing curiosity and not a practice of self-judgment and living by societal expectations. The, and then the other reason this is important, why we need to be a community and why we um, can get stronger together is that people are receiving poor advice from the medical community that just isn't helpful. Just today, I had someone come in for their first session of muscle activation techniques and very healthy, uh, fit, 47-year-old woman, three kids, they're way into their 20s and in college, but she's having a lot of hip pain and various pains around her hips. And she doesn't want to lose sleep at night because of her hip. And all every single doctor she went to, they're just offering her medication. They're not giving her a path to feeling good and moving well. Uh, perhaps a physical therapist can do that if you find the right one. But people are asking questions about their body and why it's not doing the things that they want it to do. And I'm getting these questions. I'm receiving them. I'm helping people. And I'm taking the extra step to put it out on this podcast. So you bring it back. You talk to me and talk to the community that we're going to build around thinking fit and being fit. So thank you. If you've made it this far, that was a very passionate from the heart exclamation about what I want to do with this podcast and who I want to reach. And I'm very excited to, you know, see this bloom and help lots of people. Speaking of that, our next piece of info is going to be how to talk about exercise to, you know, or organize it and compartmentalize it for you. So if you find yourself asking the question, is this exercise good for Monday or is it good for Friday or when do I do it? And who cares? I'm just going to do whatever I want and then go really hard at that thing and then you end up hurting yourself or you just completely give up on the whole effort altogether and you end up with nothing and sitting on the couch or drinking a lot of rosé like I have to do to warm up for podcast. <laughs> um, the, the way that I'm going to explain how 
exercise can exist in a compartmentalized way for you is with this sentence. Think of it. Think of this sentence. The next time you have too much confusion about your exercise, all exercises exist on a continuum. So that means a continuum is you have a left and a right. You have this big spectrum of what where exercise exists. So on one end of the spectrum, you have therapeutic or therapy exercise. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you have sport, which as adults, we really get into sports. Uh, not we, I, I actually don't, but um, <laughs> I used to. And when you have, when you're in your adult life and you get into sports, it's not a good way to get fit or stay fit. So two big, two big di- different types of exercise. And so there's, we know what therapy feels like, which is sometimes gentle, sometimes hard, and you're hyper-focused on one or two things. And then you've got sport where you're in the flow state and competing uh, and hitting numbers and you're not thinking about much else. So they're very different. And then in the middle of all this is where you have to compartmentalize your exercise. So uh, close to therapy, you have exercise that is good for your body, meaning it makes your body function better. And that is going to be more of a joint by joint approach, singling out things to make building the pieces to make the whole better. And then towards the sporting end of things, I'll use uh, running in this example. Um, on the On the sport and running end of the continuum, you have very repetitive motion, which in most situations and for people can get very stressful on their body. There's a, there's a part where running can be very fun and euphoric. And then there's a part that you're only existing to go through pain and, <laughs> uh, and learning about your pain tolerance. So being able to pick and choose where you want to be on that spectrum is the key to having a really well-rounded program and a well-rounded week or 10 days of exercise. So I would encourage you to build a calendar or a period uh, and plan out your exercise. So let's say we, what, let's use a period of 10 days for your exercise and you're interested in running as your sport. So you can't spend all of your time running to get into uh, good shape or achieve your goals. And that is something that might be I don't con- looked at in a controversial way because everybody sees running as a good way to get fit. I see running as a sport. So let's separate those two because running is not necessarily a healthy thing and competing in general for your with your body is not a healthy thing either. So when you are a collegiate athlete 
you are expected to sacrifice your body for the team's goals. You're not there to uh, Im- just impress your coach and get into good shape. You're there to sacrifice your body for the goal. And that's why NFL players have to retire in their 30s or 20s. Uh, 30s, that's very long career for an NFL player. But let's say they have to retire because they've sacrificed so much of their body and they don't have any more to give. Um, that certainly happened to me as a soccer player. And I have to, have had to learn this continuum of exercises so that I can maintain my uh, not only my my health, but my how I feel day to day. I want to feel good a hundred percent of the time. That's my goal. So working on this continuum has allowed me to do that. So let's go to the other end of the spectrum and talk about therapy types of exercise. So take all the different types of exercise and create a different boxes. And we're going to take these descriptors and specifics about exercise and put them into each box. So therapy exercise uh, is something that you might need during a warm-up. Therapy exercise is something you need to specifically heal an injured tissue or to get a joint functioning better, meaning moving to its capacity. So that might be lying down exercises or supine. That might be exercises that involve a type of active stretching. That might be exercises that involve um, moving very slowly and contracting and using isometrics. Personally, that is my uh, therapy type of exercise. Then let's move over towards away from the therapy exercise. And there's a whole big space here till, till, till we get till, towards sports. <laughs> and so let's call the next type of exercise joint managers. How, uh, how is this type of exercise maintaining your joints? So... This would be strength training and exercise that can give you a foundation of strength. This is a low risk type of exercise, but has a, that can pay big dividends. Sport, on the other hand, has high risk and because you can't sustain it for very long, doesn't pay that much of a dividend. You have a high risk, but you also could have a high reward there because it feels so good to compete. And what we had mentioned in a previous episode, which is the flow state, is so addicting that it's what gambling and addictions are made of, that we're in the zone and feeling good. So it's not possible to completely be there all the time. So you have to do these foundational exercises or joint managers, joint maintainers to build a foundation so that you can go and use your body for sport and take the risk and have fun. So there's, 
you know, there's that type of exercise. Building a foundation, low risk, pays big dividends, big dividends, high reward, and you're focusing on things joint by joint. And within that box, you have a spectrum. You have isolation exercises. You have compound movements such as squats and deadlifts or pieces of a squat and deadlift. For example, uh, yesterday I was working with my weightlifting coach on uh, doing a snatch. And we didn't do many full snatch lifts, but we did work on the top end and the bottom end of that snatch for pretty much the whole time. I got a good workout in. I got my flow state. and But I was also in a zone where I was not in a high-risk category. So as we move towards the sport type of exercise, we're moving towards more risk. And meaning risk of hurting yourself, risk of burning yourself out. Um, and... Yeah, those are the two ones. (laughs) We'll leave it at that. And then so we move away from joint managers to thinking about external performance. So we're moving towards the sport category. So the next category is called external performance, where we're focused on numbers and high intensity. So this would be your hit classes. Uh, I do a, a hit type of class about two, three times a month. I'll say two times a month where I am focused. I'm in the zone. I got flow state and I'm focused on numbers. I'm focused on my heart rate and I'm having fun. The health benefits uh, for hit exercise are just numerous and multifaceted and can help your brain, your memory, your muscle tissue, keep you lean, keep you looking good, keep you feeling good. And so those are some big benefits, but there's also some risk involved, but not as much risk as the sport. So we call that the external performance uh, category of exercise, focusing on numbers. And then let's move towards sport. Um, CrossFit, I would put into the sport category because they are uh, usually ignoring the cues of Uh, form and what is good for the with you and the barbell and vice versa and they're definitely focused on numbers so there's all types of exercises that could go in this continuum let's take dance exercise um, Zumba and for me that would be kind of in the middle and towards the safe side towards the therapy side um Because that's my body and I have built up enough strength where I can withstand that. But if you're listening and you're a 60-year-old with, you know, more arthritis than you care to count and, you know, that exercise might be sport for you or it might be completely on the other end and you're using Zumba for like a mental therapy, the point is you have to put it on this continuum. And then I have one more that goes right in the middle that I believe can fit into any paradigm of exercise, and I call that positional strength training. Uh, This is specific to my practice, and it's something that I use to get people from being injured to sport. So whatever sport that is, whether it's running, it's Zumba, it's soccer, it's competitive male softball, that exists. And um, 
it is you are moving within your safe ranges of motion and pre- and and getting stronger in positions that you were once weak. So for a squat is a great example. Um, I have a person sitting in front of me. I'm going to use her as an example. <laughs> I have a high school senior from St. Stephen's following me around for like the week about <laughs> we're doing a, a her senior project and I'm giving I'm shedding some light on entrepreneurial fitness endeavors and her squat isn't that great uh, based on what's going on at her lower back and nothing's going on in her lower back. It's just a little bit weak for what she needs to be doing very soon, which is very hard and heavy compounds lifting for uh, college soccer. So uh, we've been working on back squats. And so I have her doing positional strength training at the bottom, right? We do box squats and I have her pausing at the bottom and kind of living there for a couple of seconds and like feeling the hips open up into the right spot and then having her push out of that position isometrically, which means she doesn't actually move, but you're just like pushing at the bottom where that exercise is really hard for her and then standing up out of the exercise to finish. So that would be a positional strength training aspect. There would also be a... um, Another aspect of that could be working on the obliques on one side and your ability to rotate to one side because when you do your squat, you can see the bar shift or rotate and that might be because the rotation muscles of your trunk on one side really are underperforming. So being able to pick that out and target it is called positional strength training. It is, to me, the secret sauce from from going from on the table and injured or just coming out of injury or having pain and trying to convince your brain and nervous system to get out of pain to full sport activity. And positional strength training is something I use personally to improve my golf game which I heard today that it is improving, and I'm very excited. Um, for those that care, it turns out I swing too fast, which can be fixed, but it also means I'm very strong, which is awesome. And <laughs> um, so I use positional strength training to work on my golf swing, and I use positional strength training to shore up the lack of stability that I have in my knee, by using uh, leg extension machines and different parts of lunges and I pause and I hold them and I do isometrics in that and that's a positional strength training. So there's endless possibilities. If I could even help people that would send me videos of their squats and I could give you uh, positional strength training exercises just based on uh, some video feedback. And you can see for yourself that shoring up positions that feel weak, you can target underperforming muscles and get a stronger and more fluid rep each and every time if you're able to focus on that. But again, like 
This has to do with body awareness and taking feedback, learning from it, and using it in a healthy way. Meaning don't beat yourself up because you suck at a squat in one phase. Like, who cares? Uh, it's, it's all about taking that information and being able to put it into your exercise continuum so that you have something very specific to work on for a very big worthy goal, which might just be a squat, which might be a deadlift, which might be Zumba, which might be a yoga pose. Um, handstand, that's a great goal. Running is a great goal. And uh, either way, you have to work on the pieces and you have to compartmental compartmentalize your exercise and imagine that you're writing your own guidebook on exercise. And there is a chapter dedicated to each and every type of exercise that I just mentioned and how it's tailored to you. Um, That would be the ideal outcome of you taking this advice and putting it into action. You don't have to write your own book. You just have to have this image in your head of what those chapters would be called and what would be in those chapters. So it... You know, again, let's go back to it could be therapeutic, which could be warming up exercises. It could be post-competition exercises are therapy type, are in the therapy box. You have the joint managers box, which is your isolated strength training, which is where you really should invest and build a strong foundation for uh, big dividends and big benefits for your exercise investment portfolio and then you have positional strength training which is brand new to you and then you have more external performance you have the external external performance box where you're gonna put in all the stuff that you like to time and like you like to count and uh as many reps as possible type of you know intensity interval training And then you have the sporting category, whatever that may be, that is its own category. It's not an exercise itself. So if there's anything you take away from this, take this away. Uh, Sport does not equal healthy exercise. They are not the same thing. They are not synonymous. Uh, uh, Sporting exercise or things that you're building up towards being the sport the things that make you feel good and want to take risk and want to win, those have the high risk and you want to spend most of your time building your foundation. So, you know, that's how you would basically build your own guidebook on how you can exercise. So I'll write a nice blog follow-up on this and have a nice description on each type of exercise. And if you want more, we can do a video. There's all kinds of possibilities here because there's so many different types of exercises that go on the continuum. No exercise is bad, but exercises may not be appropriate for you at a certain time. And that's what the continuum is all about is figuring out what and when of exercise. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast and comment, like, dislike, 
Just give me some feedback on Facebook and Instagram at impact underscore your underscore fitness.